This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Now batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. NYYST podcast presented to you by Baseballism.com. I am your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And Stack Guy Rye. I gave you the extra and on the and today like because because uh, we got the sweet. The sweet. Sweet. The sweet. I figured, not even that, I figured Ryan needed the little pick-me-up after... Uh, you know, your favorite show of all oh, time. Oh, right, ended right, like a right. pile I'm of still dog depressed. Shit. Pile of garbage. Like, a pile really, of garbage. Like, I wake up and it's like, you know when the Yankees get like eliminated or something, you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, the Yankees are eliminated. Like, I keep waking up like, oh, that Game of Thrones is ruined. Yeah, that usually happens for us for like a good couple of weeks until we started doing the pod that we kind of just let it all out, like the therapy yeah, it pod. Does feel better. Maybe I should start a Maybe Game of Thrones. Maybe you should do a Game post. of Thrones pod. You should, well, bro. Just talking about how late. shitty that show was. Why? We did it. We did it over. Right. Yeah, but Listen, we did our Avengers. The Yankees just won five nobody, games. Yeah, we they know. swept the Orioles. Okay. Nobody okay. cares about okay. that. We want. We can't talk about GOT, bro. Yeah. Nobody cares about the Yankees. Nice. That's they're what the cool guys bro. call it. GOT. That's, they're it's here to talk about. God. They're here to hear about Ryan's, uh, Ryan's Game emotional of Thrones, okay? roller coaster. It's like, I, I got to give it like a 4.5 out of 10. That the is whole series? Mis- oh, no. The whole series? I'll give the whole series like a 7.5 out of 10. That's but that's sucks. not good. You can't give it no. that. That's bullshit. No. You're not holding it accountable for the shitty series. I totally ending. am because I would have had it at a 9.5. I've right. never watched one episode, so I right, I'm know. kidding. Even a 7.2. I'm, I'm really kidding. Everybody cares about the Yankees. Nobody cares about Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's okay. my old. I Who wanted... said they were going to win four? Let's just get that out what, of the way now. What Dingleberry thought they were going to split? Split! I didn't think they were going to split. The question was, what would you be okay with? And I would have been okay with a split. Yo, I said sweep. That was a great sweet, sweet. series. It's like, I thought they were going to blow it today, bro. I really did. And you know what it was? What happened Booty today? stepped up today. I think that the Yankees said to themselves, let's make this a little challenging here. Let's see <laughs> if uh, – because it's been – first of all, you had the great comeback on Monday. Hap, and uh, actually, let's bring this up here. Uh, we had a five-star interview. It with, was seriously yeah. – you said it. You said it off air. Phenomenal interview. And uh, we had a five-star interview with our good pal Joe Rivera to Sporting News, which you'll hear in a little bit. Uh, to go along with that five-star interview, uh, drop us a five-star rating review on iTunes. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube page. Yes, Leave that. us a rating and review there if you yeah. want. Greatly appreciate Joe's a constant contributor to the show, but we had a great time talking to him for about an hour today. Uh, you know, we always say the first mile marker in baseball is Memorial Day, and we're sitting here recording Thursday evening right before Memorial Day weekend. So we talked a little NL, uh, you know, and, you know, some contenders in the AL. But, you know, obviously a lot of Yankee talk with Joe. So you'll hear that with a stat guy. Rye made a boo-boo, and this audio is to replace his idiotic comment. Should say that. Thanks, Ryan. Just ignore him. Plug. Sorry, it's getting edited out 
like I'm gonna put just like a bleep a bleeper over it yeah, or just mute it. his audio. No one will ever know what he just said. No one will ever know. Ever. What was it? Ever. You hate that movie. So Worst movie yeah, ever made. Ever. You're never allowed hate. to quote that movie because you hate it. All right. okay? okay. Come on. Okay. What was I talking about? You were talking about <laughs> Joe Rivera going around the league, talking about the Yankees. We were talking about the Mets a little bit. We no, no, no. Well, league. I was specifically on something yeah, when, you this, were, and then I, and when I, you said what you said. I did what I did. You should leave right now. You, actually. you know what? And you know what's funny? In my head, I wasn't even listening to you. I was just, in my head, you know, I don't know what was going through my head. I was going, Mike Talkman's going to be one of those guys that we completely forget about. Because I kept going, talk, talk. Oh, yeah, we're right. not even going to, re- we're going to, Mike Talkman's going to be brought up one day, the, like down the line. The, and we're going to go, oh my God, remember when he played Mike for this Talkman. team? You know when his name's going to come up in 2020 when they bring up another uh, nobody to wear number, number 39, 39. And then I go back and look number at it again. 39. And then somebody on Twitter will say, Strawberry! <laughs> oh my god! I don't know, man. You were talking about. Oh, oh yes. Uh, actually, this is uh, Monday. The big comeback with uh, Jay Hap, who and Sucks I texted you against th- the Orioles. I don't. Can I bring? Yeah. Can I actually bring this up? I, I'll I don't, try finding it. Yeah, Ryan, you try to find it. Stack guy, Rye here. I'm the one doing the math over here. Oh, uh, shut your mouth. He <laughs> shut your mouth. Jay Hap and uh, Ryan can find the exact uh, numbers. You want me to bring it up? You have it? I got it, bro. I'm good I, I at got this it stuff. already, dude. What is it? You texted it. And I tweeted yeah. it also. What right. is it? What's I'll, the exact numbers? I'll give me a minute. It? You tweeted it. You tweeted Anyway, get to your point and I'll get the I'll get the stats up. Who Jay Hap has pitched like you would expect Jay Hap to pitch I got it. against the rest of Major League Baseball, but he is atrociously bad against the Baltimore Orioles. Versus Baltimore in four starts, seventeen and a third innings pitched, fifteen earned runs versus everyone else, six starts, thirty five innings pitched, fifteen earned runs. The That's same crazy, amount of earned runs. Bro. Two more starts against everyone okay. else. And the so, double amount of innings. Yeah, double. So can we double say trouble. we're not too concerned with Hap? Like, maybe against the Orioles he sucks, but let's see how he does against other teams. But why? I don't know what it is. But listen. Yeah, I don't know. This this kind of brings me to my point. If you don't if you don't mind me getting to what I wanted to discuss okay, just before get to, the interview. Just get to your point, okay? Stop you caressing the mic over there, dude. I'm going to caress you come here, you call, You're naughty. <laughs> you're you're coming naughty, here. Mike. Nobody yeah. likes when you do that voice. Everyone yeah, loves I, it. Honestly, Everyone I don't really loves like it. it. <laughs> Can I tell you something about Christian? Can I tell you something about Christian? When he has an opinion about something, he thinks it's, it's so powerful that he says <laughs> that he says that no one feels it or everyone feels it. That's how you are. It's you think you are so fresh. powerful. You can't just say, I don't like when you do that voice. You say, nobody likes when you do that There's voice. There's two people in this room. We don't like it. That means nobody likes it. Then okay? you are a loser yeah, because Tommy Boy is one of the greatest survey. movies ever made. You're not Chris Farley. But I look like him and I sound <laughs> oh, like no. him. You're, You're not naughty. Oh, okay, get again. to okay. You call the you call the All radio right, station. And this is the nonsense I got to deal with. Okay, okay. okay. You, you keep doing this voice. Good buddy oh, of God. mine moved to Texas a long time ago. Fell in love with a girl. Okay? Is, this a, is this a song? <laughs> <laughs> Good buddy of mine moved to Texas. Fell in love with a girl. I had to go see about a girl. All right. Goodwill Hunting. Very good. Uh, so he falls in love with this girl. Okay. Is this a true story? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, get to the point. 
I'll get to my point when I get to it. Was it okay? Nobody likes your point, okay? Oh, okay, this guy's giving us a romantic comedy Jesus now. Christ. <laughs> It's like a Kate Hudson movie over here. So not only does he not only does he up and leave, right? Not only does he up and leave, he goes lives down in Houston. Now he's in Houston as a diehard Yankee fan, and he's married a Houston Astros fan. Okay, so now he's had to deal. They never existed before 2016. She's one of them. She's (laughs) a true one, which makes it even worse. And to his credit, he said to me the other day, he goes. To be fair, when I married her, the Houston Astros were a pile of dog shit in the National League. Right. So you forget that they were in the National right. League. So I was like, you know what? That's fair because they were so, they were just so irrelevant. And now they're Made the a World greatest Series team in baseball. one year, right? Andy Pettit. Andy but he texted Pettit. me and he's become a big fan of the yeah, show. Yeah, they lost to the White Sox. Roger Clemens. And he texted me and he said, who would you rather have if they were going to, if the Yankees were going to get anyone, Mad Bum or Dallas Keuchel? And I started talking about it. And I said, I want to bring it up. And he said, you kind of touched on it at the end of the episode. And I said, I kind of black out towards the end of the episode. But I think it's something we do need to discuss very quickly. Because there's all this talk that the Yankees are going to make a move. So let's just assume that at some point they're going to. And the three guys you can really think of are Max Scherzer, Madison Bumgarner, or Dallas Keuchel. Okay. And I think, Max. I, think, uh, I think all three of us are going to have a different answer. And I don't just want you to say the name and that's it. I want you to also think about all the components. All right, so here's now we're throwing insurers into this? Yeah. All right, here's what you yeah. can do with Dallas Keuchel. There's a garbage can yeah, somewhere. Where's that garbage? Okay. Out. Well, guess right. what? He's my pick, but you tell me your pick. All right, he, throw him, he just threw him in the garbage. Madison Bumgarner. Okay. But. You, okay, okay, what, what? But here's the thing. Mad Bum would be my pick, too. I just think the Giants are going to want way too much for this guy. And we discussed this with Joe. I and understand I don't that. think that they will want as much as you think they want. So given what you think they'll want, who do you? Who would you say? You're stuck on Estrada. I would you think. I like Estrada, but I would trade Friel. him. You don't think they're going to want trade Frazier? The, no, I'm not trading Clint Frazier. What I if they trade, want him? Well, too, tough titty, said the kitty. Okay. Oh so you God. think you still get him without him? Realistically, because realistically for and, me, and I think it takes it either Frazier or Florial by, if not both. You would give away both. I know I would give away Estevan Florial and Florial. I'm fine with, but I think it's going to take Frazier. I really I don't do. Think so because and I heard, and it might have been Mike Francesca that brought this up today. It was uh, me. It was me. The Giants are so far gone from being a, a contender now. They might not want guys that have major league service time right now. That's true. They Great might point. want prospects that they could build for another year or so. And that's then bring true. Them up. But you have that in Florial. Why not also ask for a guy who's going to help fill the seats a little you bit? Can, you think Clint Frazier is going to yes. sell tickets? In, in, in San Francisco, I'm not saying he's going to help sell tickets, but he's an exciting player to go see. He is. He's young. I'm, he's MLB ready. If And... Again, we discussed this with Joe. I'm not trading Clint Frazier because I have to look as much as we want to win in 2019. I got to look to 2020. Who's playing left field for the Yankees in 2020? Clint Frazier. Cameron. Florio. Maybe. No. Or Cameron. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Who's your Estevan guy? Florio has not even made it out of a ball yet. Who's your guy? It's tough. It's definitely not Keuchel. 
But if you're going for a rental, then yeah, Bumgarner's the guy. But what are they? What are the Nationals going to want for Max Scherzer? And I, who and is the, signed through 2021? And this is why. And honestly, nothing. They're going to want the Yankees to pay his contract. And that's why I don't okay. want him. I don't want to touch that contract. No, it's a joke. No. And he's a for guy. Two more who, years. After this year, yeah, yeah but it's a joke. Money. He, oh, he's got a lot a on the joke. back end. Yeah. He's owed. It's insane. And they'd want the Yankees. And you're That's not, and you're not gonna That's get you're not gonna get him for you know bottom rung oh, prospects. Like they're him, gonna no, want man. they're gonna want uh okay. somebody I'm so decent. torn because Mad Bum is my guy because he's the playoff guy, and that's all we need this for. That's all we need a pitcher for. I'm sorry. That's all. We need a guy who's gonna take us through. But people forget how good Dallas Keiko was, even if he wasn't great. At the price you can get Dallas Keuchel, a lefty. No, yeah. All right, look, look. This is Max Scherzer's contract, right? It's disgusting. It's gonna make me want to vomit. All right. So, uh, if the Yankees pick him up, they'll be on the hook for uh, roughly seventy. Well, right now he's getting paid thirty point two million dollars this year. So the Yankees would have, by the time the trade kicks around, they'll probably what twelve, thirteen million dollars off to pick up this year. Twenty nine next year. Twenty eight. Uh, just under 28 in 2021, and then that would be fine. That's about 70 that million. Would, but that would be fine if you told me I would have uh, Max Scherzer three years, 70 million dollars. Even at uh, how old is he? I just saw this. Even at 34 years old, I would probably do it. But here's why I would not touch him. Ready? Because of his numbers this year? No, no, no not even that. He has a hundred and five million dollars <laughs> deferred from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty eight. That's crazy. So if how he, did he get? So that? it's like a mini Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. No, it's worse than it's Bobby worse. Bonilla because it's a lot more money. Yeah, but yeah, but that's why shorter times. Right. Yeah, okay, that's why I'm not touching him because that's fifteen million dollars a year you're paying him for wow. six years that he's not going to play for nah. you. Right, that's crazy. That's why I wouldn't touch him. Yeah, okay, that that just if the contract sold it was dead then. and over after hit. After 2021, okay, okay yeah, I'll do it. I would, which I thought it was. So let's take that. We'll crumple it up, throw it in the garbage, and garbage it on fire. So it's really between Mad Bum and Keuchel, and I think you're throwing the Keuchel idea out the window I'm way not. too quickly because of the price. Because of the price tag. Does it worry you though that he hasn't pitched this year yet? No, because wh- here's my thing: Madison Bumgarner to me in the regular season now is nothing special. Nothing. But when the bright light's on, he is arguably the best. Do you need him to be anything special? No, and that's my point. What am I going to give up for this guy for him to not be anything special for me, especially if I'm going to have to sign him to an extension because I'm telling you, that's what he wants. Tyro Estrada and Estevan Florio. I'm, and I don't me. No, that's not what's going to get you, Madison Bumgarner, because you're talking contract They're now, too. For, know, you're talking contract. Right? You're not... Christian made a good point, though, that they might want prospects more than anybody I, with service Okay, time. let's get off the, the actual players, though. This guy's going to want a really contract, really and it's Madison Bumgarner. He's going to look cash me in the eyes and say, you want me to pitch you to a World Series? You're going to sign me for X amount also with X amount of years, and is that a guy you really want to sign long-term right now? Well, he Why? is 29, yeah, right? He's only 29. Maybe 30, Joe said. Give him four years. I'm sorry. Give him four for eighty. I give him four for eighty and a half. I'll give him a contract, but then I'm not giving up guys like. Doesn't Keuchel's? What does the Giants get out of it? What do the Giants get out of it? 
Obviously nothing. If Madison Bumgarner is on the trade market and the Yankees are balking over prospects and he winds up in Houston or Boston, I'm going to burn Brian Cashman's office to the ground, okay? Wow. What if it's not the guys that you think? Well, who what Ross, we're talking prospects. Who are the guys that prospects, you, you can take the entire farm system. Cliff Frazier is not a prospect to me. But I That's, think he's, he's going not. to he's be not a, a guy that they he's want. Not a prospect no, he's to not. Me. No. no. If you're telling me I Cliff, said prospects, they so. could take the entire farm system. If, Give me Mad Bum. And, uh, and if anybody in the FBI does listen to the show, I'm not actually going to He was burn. joking. Feds. I was joking, okay? Because you have to preface you have to say that nowadays. Get off our back. Everyone flips flips out. Okay. If it comes down between Clint, Clint Frazier's the, the sticking point and the Yankees don't get him, I'll live with it. But if you're telling me that he didn't want to trade Estevan Florial, Brian. No, Brian, that, Brian, I agree with you. Brian, come on. But what if he, what if he wants some crazy contract what? that another crazy? team is stupid enough to give him? $30 million a year? Is he going to ask for that? Maybe. Then go. Goodbye. Okay. So that's my point as to why you're throwing Dallas Keuchel, the Dallas Keuchel idea, out the window way too quickly. But what is because Dallas Keuchel? Just, what is he Dallas just Keuchel? might make the most sense, and he might be the guy that we need to slot in. What if Luis Severino comes back healthy? You got you got a guy in Domingo Herman who's been lights out. Yeah, but Paxton's I coming back. Honestly, CeCe's I don't know. If we you're gonna Montgomery. You're gonna just. Blow money to get Madison Bumgarner, well, yes. who we don't, don't even know who he is. And I'm a Mad let Bum fan. Let me ask you a, a question, Christian. Okay, you, okay. You're, you're kind of like underselling Dallas Keuchel's value, though. Like He's going to want a lot of money, too. Not if it's mid-season and he hasn't gotten signed. What do you think? If he's just like, if they're like, bro, you want to play? You want to play this year? You want to win a championship? Let's go. It's not going to be a crazy Am I signing amount. him for the rest of the season? Maybe or? maybe two years. No, maybe I would the rest say of the season in one season. Year. He's going to want two years. I don't, I, don't want him I don't want him then. But why? You're talking about Dallas Keuchel like he's some bum. I think like he's, he's going to want 240. Do you know what Dallas Keuchel did against the New York Yankees? Do in you not 2015. Remember? Who cares? Chris, no. He's there, still been there good. Is, there is validity to that because his velocity has dipped tremendously since then. I'm sorry. He was throwing and, what, and 97 listen, at one point? Now he's I just 90. want to make it clear. I uh, want to make it uh, clear. Okay. Make it clear. Who would I rather have? Or if you're asking me just as far as talent and the player, it Players. is hands down Madison Bumgarner. Okay. Hands down. He is the guy that we Based need. Down. But I'm talking everything all included. I think Keuchel might end up making the most sense for this team. How bad were players last year that just missed players. spring training? Okay. Yeah. This guy yeah. has not only missed spring training, but he's going to miss almost the first four months of this season. And then you're going to throw him into the American League And then League the American East. League East, and then expect him to be a playoff Come savior on, for you? No. Man. No. I don't, sh- the- I don't know. Shit. I don't know, man. We'll see. It's just something I thought we... Should be obligated to talk about because it's... All right, well, then let me ask. Do you think, by the deadline, Dallas Keuchel, Max Scherzer, Madison Bumgarner, one of those three will be a New York Yankee? 100%. Yes. One of those three specifically. I'm not talking a new 100%. pitcher. 100%. I'm talking those three. 100%. Oh, man, imagine Madison Bumgarner here. It's not going to be Bumgarner. The Yankees are not in the mood to play games this I year agree. Oh, okay. okay uh what did he do in 
2017, he only pitched to a 290 ERA. And he actually was impressive last year because he started he out 14 and five. He started out slow last year, Keuchel. Oh. And he turned uh, what it did on. he do in fifteen? What do you have a three three? He had a couple tough years. Fifteen, uh, twenty and eight with a two four eight. That's four years uh, ago. Twelve and nine. Baseball. Yeah, but but twenty sixteen was his only what do we always real bad talk about? year. How the in twenty seventeen he went fourteen and five with a two nine zero. Twenty eighteen he was twelve and eleven, but with a three seven four. Don't want Dallas Keuchel. I don't care if it only costs money. I don't want him on the team. Okay. okay. Well, he would have to shave that beard which i wouldn't mind okay. not having to see that thing anymore get me this year maybe is they a, should sign kimbrel too and make him shave his that and then weird DFA beard him. and then yeah and then cut off his arm yeah. so he can't do that sign him just so he has to uh <laughs> shave the beard and then you release him yeah. or trade him somewhere Madbum's doing really well this year chris he plays for the Giants. what happened to justin verlander in detroit okay. and then he, he wound yeah, up in houston on, madison and then, baumgarner we're talking you don't about. think coming to the yankees a team that has aspirations to win a World Series is going to wake him up. I hate having this take. I hate having this take. So I don't have it. I want Bumgarner. You know what more this is? This anyone. is like this is people that are like on Twitter, hot take, and they just say stupid shit to get a reaction out of people. Here's my hot take. Here's my hot take. What's that? If the one player that makes the most sense for the Yankees when all is said and done is Dallas Keuchel, it doesn't make the most sense. Okay, yeah, that's your if argument. Dallas Keuchel is. On the team over Madison Bumgarner, you owe me something. I don't owe you anything. Yeah, I want to make a bet. No, we'll we'll think. About How about it. you have to buy you have to buy him a Dallas Keuchel, and then he has to buy you a Bumgarner. Bumgarner, what like jersey? When they when one of the two becomes Yankees, I really if Dallas Keuchel becomes a Yankee, I, I really if that ever did happen, I really hope that they have a good enough sense to never make a jersey. For you him. don't think, bro? You don't think they make a jersey? Keuchel against the Astros in the playoffs? That dude doesn't Ooh, have some type of nice. some type of like chip on his shoulder. Give me the playoff warrior, okay? He is a playoff warrior, I'm but is he? Warrior. I mean, when's the last time he's pitched in the playoffs? I don't care. Bring when's him? the last he's time? Twenty nine years doesn't old. Matter, man. Is he that young? He's yeah. twenty nine. Yeah. Dallas Keuchel is 34 years old. Uh-huh. And he doesn't have the stuff that Max Scherzer I mean, has. I Bumgarner right. in the playoffs. This open went play. way too long. Yeah, oh, because you bring up nonsense here. But what it is wasn't it? nonsense. It was something that no, needed to fair. be discussed. Everyone's <laughs> discussing. All the cool kids are talking about it. Okay, yeah. did they pee their pants also? If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Dropping bombs today. You never watched that movie? What? Billy Madison? Is that what he says, though? I thought he said... That is the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I think no, it was the old lady says Everybody so. pees the pants. Pee. It's the coolest. And then yeah, the old then lady says, goes, if peeing your pants, pants is cool, Oh, yes, 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 yes. I thought you said Adam Sandler oh, said that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's the grossest thing. Uh, I believe that Brandon Hyde wanted to pee his pants every time that Clay Torres <laughs> and uh, Gary Sanchez came to bat. I don't know. Still pitch to these guys. If Why? no, if you guys have not sought out and or heard Gary Thorne's calls of Glaber Torres' home runs from, oh God. from, from Wednesday's go. game, you need to hear this. It's they so are so funny, man. There's a drive up. I I, I mean, come on. What do you even and say? And Gary Thorne is one of my favorite baseball announcers. He's good. He's, He's nice really good. And when he one he one almost of, sounds like Sterling a little. Like my, he has one of my one tone. of my all time favorite calls is when Don Manley hit that home run in the ninety five. That was DS. him. Yeah, it that was, was Thorne. Yeah, one of my favorite calls of all time. Wow. Deep drive. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that call. Hold on to the roof. I didn't know that. Oh, cool. Amazing. But he honestly, like, I don't watch. The, so was he a national broadcaster? He was at one point. Yes. 
Uh, now he's I don't I don't Orioles. listen I don't watch the Orioles games because they suck. They're Dude, terrible. That but was so if there fun. if there is a reason to announcer. watch the Orioles, uh Gary Thorne is tremendous. But he is very but good. But the way he was just like basically he just like threw his hands up and was like, Jesus Christ again. <laughs> he literally was like deep to left and then he's like, Oh my god, I mean what do you even how do you even call this anymore? I mean, like, he was just, just it's speechless. crazy. Every time they'd hit a home run, it was Torres, Sanchez. What was that stat you said the other day? The Yankees have more home runs against the Orioles than the Marlins have as a as a as team. A team. As a team. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. And they hit Gary uh, and and Glaber have more home runs against the Orioles than most players do. Just and the Yankees the had another season. two home runs today. Frazier and uh, Luke Voigt went deep. Yeah. Today. Frazier, who we were getting on a little bit. Last episode wasn't really getting on. No, him. we no, were getting on. Him, but we were we were talking about his slump. And what did I say? What gets a guy healthy? Yeah, and I meant to bring it up because that's ex- the exact words that came out of your mouth was Baltimore pitching, and that's exactly right. what happened. I mean, this offense that you were kind of like holding your breath with because they were just getting by and winning just exploded this weekend. I mean, this week. Uh, what a terrible incredible. team the Orioles. Are yeah, but be, you huh? know what. At the same it doesn't take time, away the it wins. doesn't take it doesn't away, take away because at all, but this is the same team the Yankees baseball. couldn't beat last year, and everyone flipped out about. Now we're beating them, and you know what? Evan Evan Roberts made a great do you, point. Do you know the Yankees are the Yankees are? If my math is correct, they're ten and two against Baltimore this season, and they lost two games in the first three days yeah. of the season. That's today. crazy, and they're sixteen and four against the American League East opponents so far yeah. this year. That so so listen, Evan Roberts made a great point today, and you know what? I never thought of it this way, and I love that he said it. How did the Red Sox do what they did last year? They beat the they, Baltimore. They, they did not just beat the bad teams. They destroyed them. Right. They destroyed them, and that's what the Yankees are starting to do. This should not make us feel bad. This should not be something like, oh, it's just the Orioles. This no. is this is part of what makes greatness. Beating teams like the Orioles the way the Yankees have, having a couple games where the Orioles feel like they're going to win it, and then we just snag it right back and win four in a row against them. It doesn't matter and what team you're playing. Them. A four-game series. Four you sweep in a four-game series. The Yankees have a nine-game winning streak against the Baltimore Orioles. Right yeah, and, and look, and me saying that the Yankees are going to win four last week, uh, last episode, in the back of my mind, I didn't really believe it. Did I? Uh, it's four games. That's tough. They tried yeah. to lose a couple. They of tried. <laughs> but you know what? They did it. And we got to be happy about that, man. This team is rolling right now. Absolutely rolling. You know what we need to roll right now? Joey R. Joey Riv. That's what I call him. Joe Riv. Joe R. Jar. Joe Riv. Uh, please, uh, yes, uh Go to Twitter, follow Joe Rivera on Twitter, at Joe Rivera SN, and uh, let's cut to the interview right now. This interview is brought to you by Baseballism.com. Check out Baseballism.com. We have a new promo when you get there. Use promo code CHASE28. Not going to save you 15%. We're going to save you a little more money on giving you free shipping on your entire order. Doesn't matter how much you spend. You get free shipping on the order. Use CHASE28. As your promo code, and this interview is brought to you by Baseballism.com. Is there something you want to say? As a big online shopper, okay, okay let uh-huh. me tell you this. Uh-huh. Right? I love online shopping. Uh-huh. I would rather take free shipping 
over 99% off. Because you're like, wow, I can get $1,000 off, but I got to pay $29.99 for shipping? The shipping pisses you off. It does. It does. It's always at the end. It's always at the end, too. They sneak that in there. Not to name drop, not to name drop like uh, Joe Rivera does in this interview 45 times. Oh, my God. Uh, but I, I was talking with the CEO of Baseballism, and, and we were like, you know, let's change it up a little bit. Let's go with free shipping. People love free shipping. I said, you know what? You're right. So this interview is brought to you by Baseballism.com. Use Chase28 when you get there to get free shipping on your entire order. And we'll be back at this. Within a game, a bond is made. He teaches his boy a game he played. Two gloves, one ball, a day at the park, and the two play catch until it gets dark. And his boy does better than he thought he would. So the two played catch as long as they could. The boy and his friends, they play in the streets. Tennis shoes and cans, no bases, no cleats. They hit home runs and they turn double plays. One great catch, and he's Willie Mays. But the sun starts to set in the old neighborhood. And they played in the streets as long as they could. The boy goes to school and plays for his team. He develops his craft and follows his dream. He has moments of glory. He has moments of shame. But they shape his life and they make his name. But he begins to get old and it's understood. The boy played the game as long as he could. The boy now a man, he has a son of his own and he teaches his son a game he was shown. His son's first game, he sits in the stands. He yells out instruction! But it's not in his hands. And being late for the meeting was not in the plans. But a cheer for his son as long as he can. This is America's brand. This is baseballism. Do you believe in baseball? Chris and Christian of the NYYST podcast here with our good pal Joe Rivera of the Sporting News. Here on episode 120, you can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN, where he threatens to not come on this show because I, ma- because I make bad puns, apparently. <laughs> he thought you were serious, by the way. This is how sensitive Christian is. He comes off as this like big macho guy, but he was all like upset. He thought you were actually serious. You know, I, I couldn't be serious when it comes to the puns. You know, I'm one of those guys that I'll make my fair share, but then I also get stupidly offended when people have bad ones. So I, that's the best uh, part yeah, of puns. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't really get too mad. You know, I mean, I'm I'm disgusted, but on the inside, I'm actually laughing my ass off. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no real hatred for me on on the pun game. So uh, none I, at all. How you been? It's been a while. Have you have you cheated on us? Have you done any other podcasts? Uh, you know, since actually, last coming it, it, on with us, you know, it's funny you mentioned that I had a, a podcast that I was on last week, um, and they actually invited me to their house, to their recording studio to have me on. It sounds uh, like it was, you're it was kind a, of making you know, this up a little bit. Just no, so no, no. Can... It was, it was a barrel of laughs. It was the diamond digest guys. I mean, I don't want to drop a plug for another podcast no, on the okay. show, but, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, Dennis Ackerman and Ryan and Ryan Kiz on, on the, um, on the Diamond Digest, uh, Pop Flies and Grounders podcast. They invited me over. We was, it was about an hour. We should, you know, talk all things baseball like I do with you guys. But, uh, yeah, it was great being in studio, putting some, some names to faces, you know, like uh, some faces to names. So, and, and, you know, it's, a, it's an idea. And listen, you could put faces to names with us by going on YouTube and checking us out. However, we were we've loosely discussed this and and behind the scenes I've actually been working on this very very minimally because it really has to come to fruition the right way but we t- discussed 
doing a 24 hour live show, 20 full 24 hours, live guests in and out each hour. And of course, if this does come to fruition and it's all to raise money for, for a good cause, we don't know that good cause just yet. Um, but if that does come to fruition, we of course would love to have you in studio as one of our guests. Have no, that. absolutely, guy. Yeah. Listen, if, if it's for you know, if it's for charity, as long as it's going to charity and not you know a Christian's wallet to uh, you never know support the WWE network. You, you know, I think that's uh, I'm <laughs> I'm all I'm on board for that. Yeah, you just uh, keep me in the loop. I'd be more than happy to come on. I don't even know who pays for my subscription. I haven't seen a bill this in, in months. Joe, can I tell you something? <laughs> I go to this guy's house. He has a different subscription to something else every time I go over. He pays for DAZN. <laughs> you, you ever watch DAZN like boxing? Oh, is that my saying? Are you right? kidding me? I'm, I'm on, I'm on the zone. Oh yeah, man. duh, duh. Listen, <laughs> he pays for this. Do you? How many times a year do you watch boxing? Twice. Oh man, twice I, a year, I, and he pays for this. You know, it's it's worth it though because when you when you really think about it, I don't want to be a corporate shill here, but when you consider a lot of these pay per view events for boxing are in the sixty to seventy dollar range, I mean, you're paying even if you watch three fights a year that are big fights, that's almost two hundred bucks that you're shelling out, but. You pay for the zone, it's 20 bucks a month, but you get tons of fights every month. And then you get to see me on Change Up every now and then, too, uh, which is a great, fun baseball show that they're doing. So, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that the zone is worth it. You know, maybe the uh, WWE network, not as much anymore, but, uh, you know, the zone, if you want to show off the cash and support, support your buddy, I think that. Uh, too bad we're not being paid thing. by all these places. We're really good at naturally, <laughs> naturally. Uh, promoting different companies what's up stack guy rye <laughs> stack guy rise here he's he's uh what is it fashionably late casually late fashionably late fashionably not late not with those uh pal basketball shorts he's wearing he's not fashionable. i kind of like that <laughs> all right so let's oh, get down it. to business here the first mile marker of the baseball season is memorial day we're sitting here we're recording on thursday night uh, right before Memorial Day weekend officially kicks off on, uh, I guess, Friday. The weekend starts, right? Most people will have a long weekend As here. As my grandmother would say, Friday. Okay, thank you for interjecting that. Useless information. I like I like useless information. Uh, so we're bringing in Joe here because Joe does all things baseball. He's not just Yankee-centric. So we like bringing in Joe to uh, kind of go around the league a little bit. And uh, we'll start in the National League since we don't really talk a lot of National League baseball here because it doesn't really uh, pertain to us. And the Yankees haven't been in the World Series in uh, 10 long years. So, you know, looking towards what's happening in the National League doesn't really mean a lot uh, as we break down the Yankees. But, you know, there were some some, uh, rumblings in uh, Queens here, the other team in town. they got swept by the Miami Marlins over the weekend. They have rebounded nicely. Uh, they did take four in a row from the Washington Nationals. Uh, while Before we actually get into the Mets, Joe, how are the Nationals this bad? Even without Bryce Harper, they went out there, they got themselves it's Patrick crazy. Corbin. How do they have the same number of losses as the Marlins right now? You know, it's it's such a good question. And I think this is something that everybody's been trying to figure out, right? Because I was very high on the Nationals even before the season. I mean, I was a little skeptical of Patrick Corbin because I'm, for me, 
I know he had a really good year last season, but you're projecting him to have that kind of season moving forward for the next six years. And I just don't think you can do that when you look at his track record. Well, Corbin's been very good for them. I think the Nationals are like three and seven in, in games started by Max Scherzer, which just can't happen. No. Uh, offensively, they've, they've, they've been a little bit inconsistent, even with Soto. Robles, I was very high on. Victor Robles, who was another one of their top prospects, he, was, he got off to a really good start. He fell off. Trey Turner had another injury he just got back from. But the bullpen outside of Sean Doolittle is the worst in Major League Baseball, and it's the worst by a country mile. It is not close how bad these guys are. So when you have when you have a bad bullpen in today's game, guys, it just doesn't equate to wins. I mean, you look around the league, I understand the bullpens have been underperforming here and there, but when you have a, a bullpen ERA over six and you're fielding independent pitching numbers around there too, that's really bad. That's <laughs> you can't, can't win like that. Yeah. Do they have Harry Yeah, it, it is it really is horrendous. Howie Kendrick's it, playing it second is really, base for them right now. Yeah, I mean, and you know, all things considered, Howie came came through like for them 100. a little bit last year, but yeah. He's in 293, yeah, though. Yeah, he might be 102 now, yeah. Yeah, he might be 102 now. But, you know, I mean, I, I look at that team, and I just see, I still see talent. Like, Anthony Rendon has played to an MVP caliber season. Trey Turner's a fire starter for them. You have Juan Soto, who hits baseballs to the moon. So they do have the horses in place to do it. It just doesn't look like they're finishing the race uh, when that comes to the bullpen. And that's something that Mike Rizzo did a really, really bad job with this offseason. Well, speaking of people finishing the race, will Mickey Calloway finish the race that is the 2019 season Uh, as the New York Mets manager? It didn't look good for him uh, after the sweep in Miami. Uh, Brody kind of gave him a little vote of confidence, but usually that is just, you know, they're leaving him hanging by a thread there saying that I believe the words Brody used was a foreseeable future. They have rebounded nicely. As we said, they swept the nationals, but uh, the nationals are, have their own problems. They're playing the tigers next to the tigers are another atrocious team. So the Mets could get on a little bit of a roll here, but do you see Mickey finishing the season as the Mets manager? You know, to keep it in with the race theme, I, I do think that the Mets have the horses to do it, right? I, I do. I look at this team again and I see talent. Uh, I know Brandon Nimmo's out right now with the neck injury and Michael Conforto was dealing with, with uh, concussion problems right now, but I think Callaway is safe for the year and, and here's why. I think the second that you get rid of Callaway, that kind of takes away the human meat shield from Brody Van Wagenen. And when you look at this team up and down right now, uh, Keon Broxton is no longer on the team. He was traded. Uh, He was a Brody acquisition. Robinson Cano hadn't been playing well. He was a Brody acquisition. Edwin Diaz, they don't want to use him for more than three outs. And he's been up and down early on this season. He hasn't been all world closer like he was last year. He was a Brody acquisition. Uh, Jed Lowry hasn't seen the field yet. He was a Brody acquisition. Jay Ruiz so I think familiar. At, I mean, how, how awful Jay, has he been? Yeah, exactly. He's been terrible, too. And they keep going to him in the eighth inning because it's one of those situations where you paid him. So you have to keep playing him until he gets the right kind of situation. So, yeah, he's been, he was a Brody guy. I know he was there before, but he was another Brody signing. So uh, I think that if you get rid of Callaway, it's going to give Mets fans their pound of flesh. And listen, Callaway hasn't done himself many favors as Mets manager. Let's not get it twisted. He hasn't been great, but at the same time, the guys that Brody brought in that they needed to perform aside from Pete Alonso, which was a goal. Uh, it was a, it was a gutsy move to bring him up at the beginning of the year. Cause you don't know what you're getting with him. And he's been fantastic, but 
when you look at the guys that haven't really been performing, it's all Brody's guys. It's not, it's not on Callaway to, to a certain extent. So yeah, I, I think Mickey actually does finish the year unless they go on a stretch where they just go five and 15 or five and 20. And, and then I, I won't think he's as safe then, but the guys in that clubhouse, they love them. Uh, they really do. That's not, I was actually at city field this week and you can tell that these guys all love Mickey Callaway uh, from, from Pete Alonzo on down from DeGrom on down. They love him. So yeah, I, I think I think Callaway finishes out the season. Uh, it's going to have to get really, really bad for the Mets for him to lose his job. Joe, you made a really, really good point saying that pretty much Mickey Callaway is the human shield to Brody Van Wagen, and and it and I don't want to give the three of us too much credit because we don't. It's just we bro. don't really deserve it. It's just bro, right? It's just Sorry. bro. <laughs> we don't really deserve it, but you know, I guess it's because we are looking at this from a different perspective. We're not really emotionally attached to this situation. Last week, we talked about the fact that this really falls on, on bro. I mean, the guys he brought here aren't performing. And part of us said, you know, Mickey's got to be better as a manager to get more out of these guys because they are talented guys. How do you feel about Brody Van Wagenen as a GM thus far? Can he do anything like, say, maybe acquire Doolittle? Uh, this year to change your mind on anything he's done thus far? You know, I, I've been on record. I've written a few times. I think Brody had a really good offseason. I, I really do because I think he brought in guys that, you know, Jed Lowry, understand, again, he hasn't played. So that's, that's a black eye. So that's a black mark on his resume right now. But at the time, bringing in Jed Lowry was really smart because it's another depth guy, which is something that they really hadn't had. Uh, for a few years was depth on the bench. He he brings in Edwin Diaz in that monster trade along with Cano, who's a professional hitter. And you expect Cano not to fall off as quick as he did. He was hitting under 200 versus lefties. I know that, uh, you know, the hustle stuff I think is a little overplayed to be honest with you. And he blew out his squad hustling first now. So you can't, you honestly, you can't about, make that up. The guy gets benched you know, essentially for not hustling. Then he breaks, he busted down the line, and now is he? Did they put him on the IL? Do we know if I don't know if he? Yeah, did, it's, it's a quad, it's a quad injury. It's so a, we yeah, but that. he, he uh, hurt himself hustling, probably. Yeah, for, and, and then again, that should teach everybody a lesson about fake hustle. I mean, I understand that it's not, it doesn't always look pretty, but I do think professional ball players, ninety-five percent of the time, even want to go ninety-nine percent of the time, they know when to hustle. Uh, they know when when they can break it down a little bit. And, I'm, and that's why I don't get up in arms about Cano not hustling all the time. Well, Joe Girardi uh, used to you know, say when he, when he managed, was a Yankee. Yeah, Joe Girardi used to say when he managed him, when they would say, oh, Cano didn't run out that ground ball. He goes, I don't care. He plays 160 games a year. Exactly. And then Cano has always been a pretty durable guy, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, it, just bringing it back to Brody, I do think that he did have a very good offseason. I don't really think they have the trade capital right now to go out and make an impact move at the deadline or before. I just don't see that. Uh, Jared Kalenic was their number one guy who they traded for Diaz and, and Cano in that deal. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure where they're going to get the rest of that from. I mean, maybe you trade an Ahmed Rosario. If he doesn't turn it around, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Ahmed Rosario is, is horrific defense, defensively when you look at his advanced stats and he hasn't really gotten better with the bat either. So um, you're kind of wondering when he's going to turn it around. And I know prospects need time, but yeah, I, 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 when you look at the moves that he made on paper, it's okay. Like he, he did a very good job. But when you look at the way these guys have underperformed, 
from top to bottom. I, I mean, you can't really, it, it's just bizarre how that happened. It really is. But you, you can't really predict that these guys are going to not play to the pack of their baseball card, especially when the only one that was kind of a question mark was, was uh, Cano with his age, but everybody else you felt pretty comfortable about. So yeah, I mean, it's, it really is confusing. It's confusing times in Queens. Well, uh, the Mets, I would say, are probably not a favorite to come out of the National League, uh, make it to the World Series. I know it's still early, but like we said, the first mile marker in the baseball season is Memorial Day. Uh, just looking at the standings, you got the Phillies, the Cubbies, and the Dodgers leading their respective divisions. If you had to place a bet on who makes it out of the National League or uh, right now, going to the World Series, uh, who would you say would be that team? Oh, man, it's, it's such a good question because, uh, and I've said this before, but I think baseball's really drunk this season, and it's, and it's like passed out on your couch, waking up the next, next morning with a plunger on your head drunk. I mean, this, it's Does weird. Does that happen to you? That seems, it sounds uh, like you're no, strangely specific. I, yeah, really. Oddly familiar, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, plunger on your forehead, some uh, – some drawings. I'm not sure Sharpie I can say on, on, on your, your podcast. Face, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, uh, you can't really say, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the Cubs, this is what the Cubs are. Uh, it, it took them a little bit to get going, but I just love their talent, man. I love their talent top to bottom. Chris Bryant turned it around and, and there was no, there was really no hesitation when the team, the team really got going when Bryant's, when Bryant got going. So, um, you look at Javi Baez, he's had a really good season to this point. He's played again to an MVP type level. Uh, but there's a guy named Bellinger out out with the Dodgers who's kind of silenced everybody else uh, when it comes to the MVP talk. So, yeah, I do like the Cubs. It, it's going to depend a lot on the Cubs if they can keep the starting pitching going. I think that's the biggest question mark with them. Between the starting pitching and their bullpen, Darvish absolutely needs to give them more. Um, I think that, you know, they signed him to that mega deal and he hasn't really lived up to it. So, Darvish is going to have to give them more. John Lester's been really good for them. Kyle Hendricks has been really good for them. So I do like the Cubs, and I do, I, I do think there's something to being battle-hardened in the tough division, which the NL Central is, because you have three good to really good teams between the Brewers, uh, the Cardinals, and the Cubs there at the top. And, and, you know, the Pirates have been a little sneaky, too, and, and the Reds, who I expected so much more from them so far to this point in the season. So how, really been great, let me, since you brought up the Pirates, how has their general manager not been fired for the Chris Archer trade? <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I I got to be honest, guys. I like to trade then, and I and my reasoning is when you have a guy like Chris Archer, and then you also have Jameson Tyon, who obviously got hurt this year. That's two pieces at the top of your rotation who are cost controlled, and if you're going to win in baseball in 2019, you do need pitching. So. Uh, they and they've pitched very, very well to this point in the season. So, yeah, I, I mean, it looks really bad right now. I and and I totally understand why. But at the same time, they weren't getting anything from Tyler Glass. Now they couldn't figure him out. He was walking the world. This is when true he was also. with the Pirates. He, that's um, Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows didn't really have a spot with them either. Uh, and I know that right now that looks like a mistake. But yeah, I think when you. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and especially when you see what both both guys were doing this year. But I did like the Archer trade at the time for them. Uh, I was expecting them to really figure him out, but obviously, you know, when when Austin Meadows is playing like an MVP and and Tyler Glass that was pitching like a Scion before the injury, that's I, that's tough, man. Uh, honestly, that's tough wouldn't care, but the, these two guys are going to torture the Yankees for the next five or six years. Yeah, Joe. I mean, oh, the level of talent from what we've seen so far, it's not just like. 
they were decent and decided it, this is natural talent. These yeah, guys are Meadows really good. good. Yeah. Meadows is good. Yeah, absolutely. And Meadows is a guy. Let's let's not forget Meadows is one of the. He was a top five prospect in baseball before he came mm-hmm. up. Uh, so it's not like he was a guy that was just a spare part on, on a team that didn't really have a spot for him. It was a guy that was highly regarded that just didn't get playing time with the Pirates for whatever reason. I know they had a pretty loaded outfield, but if you can't find a spot for Austin Meadows in that outfield, especially seeing what he's doing now, that's that's tough to see, man. That 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 really is tough to, to try and explain to people, but. Yeah, I, I like Meadows a lot in Glasgow. Obviously, before he got before he got hurt with the forearm forearm strain, I mean, he was he was otherworldly too. He was a sub one five ERA, he was pitching like a one four ERA, and he really got the walks down. He was really figuring it out on on the mound. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's a tough trade when you're looking back on it. But those two guys are really going to torture AL East opponents for the next few years if, if they can stay healthy. Speaking of AL East, let's start talking about a league that everyone cares about now uh, in the American <laughs> League. I got to ask you this because because you're the guy that could answer this for me probably the best. Which team is scarier? The 2017 Houston Astros, who had a great offense, but absolute dominant pitching, or the 2019 Houston Astros, who have great pitching, Somehow, um, and just in a dominating offense, because I feel like that's what they've turned into this what year. Did where you say that was different. Like you, you said the same because <laughs> in 2017 they were a dominant pitching team led, led dominant by versus great with a great offense. Okay. Now okay. they have great pitching, okay. Okay. but their offense is really what they're leaning on more than anything else. Because back in 2017, you, know, you had guys like Verlander, uh, who else, name them off, where they were just pitching to these ridiculous ERAs. And, you know, the offense was there and the offense was good. But really, when it came down to it, they were a pitching heavy team. And now they're a team that the pitching is doing really well. But the offense is what you hear about every single time they're winning a game at this point. Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny you mentioned that, Chris, because you look at both teams and people forget they didn't have Verlander that entire year, right? They didn't pick up Verlander until late in the season at the right. waiver deadline. So he wasn't even around. They didn't, yeah. Yep. They they didn't have they didn't have Garrett Cole in twenty seventeen. And Garrett Cole, after a few uh, laborious starts early in the season, he looks like he's kind of turned it around his last month or so. Um, so they they have the horses now in that rotation to kind of offset losing Keichel and losing McCullers for a year. But you look at the offense in 2017, they were historic. They had, oh man, I looked up a stat. I want to say at one point in the season, they had seven players, seven everyday players who were um, hitting to an OPS plus of 120 or better, which is for the uninitiated in the stats world, that is excellent. That's incredible. And that that's only happened a few other times in baseball history. And one of them were the murder, uh, murderers row Yankee team. So they had a they had an offense then that was excellent. Wait, Babe did Babe Ruth did analytics? I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, Joe, no, well, you know you know now. <laughs> it's so funny you're bringing that up because in my mind, I guess it's because the Astros you didn't even think about them in 2017 until Verlander decided to come over and be the Verlander of his prime. And really, when they were in the biggest spotlight, you just saw pitching from them at that point. Yeah, really carry them. So in Absolutely. my mind. They didn't have that dominant of an offense in 2017, but I guess I guess I'm wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, they did. They were really good. They were really good top to bottom. And the scary part about it is they're even better this year uh, when you look at the performances that they're getting from guys. This is why the Astros, to me, now they have a bullpen that's uh, that's ended by Roberto Osuna, who's been pretty good for them. I mean, listen, you can you can debate anything you want with well, should he actually be pitching, all that stuff. If, if he should have been suspended for longer by Major League Baseball, um, pure performance. This guy's really good. I yeah, know he's never that hit him either. A lot of people yeah, to never. Say. yeah, and he's he's they have a bullpen to go with the starting pitching now that they have to go with the offense. They are just I don't know if there's a such thing as a perfect team, guys. I, I don't think there is, but. The Astros are as, as close to perfect as it gets when you have Bregman hitting the way he is and you have Carlos Correa actually looking more like 2017 Carlos Correa and not injured 2018 Carlos Correa. So, Alex Bregman is probably yeah, the best player nobody ever talks about. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, he's he's really good defensively. And the, and the funny thing is, a lot of people last year, uh, a lot of Astros fans last year, because I'm pretty in tune with what Astros fans think on Twitter, um, and these guys, a lot of these guys actually wanted Carlos Correa traded. Uh, because they, they didn't think that he was a shortstop of the future. They, they saw the injuries pile up and they were kind of skeptical and they wanted to move Bregman back into that shortstop hole. And, and that kind of solves the problem in the future of, uh, you know, well, who are you going to pay? Obviously, Bregman got his deal. Uh, and now he's looking every, every dollar of it. But yeah, guys, I mean, Houston is just, they're so good. I, I really don't think there's anybody that comes close right now. To how good these guys are. I mean, that, that offense is so good. I know Springer's dealing with some back issues, but we knew this when they all came up, that they had a core that was going to be here for a long time, and they were going to torture a lot of teams for a long time, and that's exactly what they're going to be doing with no end in sight. I got to I know exactly. Wait, before, before you get into that, Joe, as an aside here, the success that Houston's had, right? The World Series, they went back to the ALCS last year. They're probably the best team in Major League Baseball right now. Fa- probably the favorite, even uh, though they only have they have the same amount of losses as the Yankees. Pro- but still, I w- I agree with Joe in the sense that they're probably a more complete team, especially yes, with the injuries that the Yankees are dealing with right now. Is this going to encourage teams to tank? Right. How how bad were the Astros for so long and they were able to build this up a lot through their farm system by being really bad for a long time? Joe, before you answer this, I got to just say this. How many teams were so bad just as long as the Astros who still, you know, tried to build what this team is built and couldn't, couldn't even come close? Yes, it takes smart people to do it. smart and educated moves still. It it does lead... it does lead to people saying, hey, you know what? They tanked. They got Altuve. They tanked. They got Bregman. They tanked. That's definitely true. They got it's, Correa. And listen, it's not easy to do. I actually, guys, I was working all day today. It's funny you bring this up because I was working on uh, the the 2009 MLB draft. I was taking a look back at, at that first round. And when you look at the amount of talent outside in that draft that either did not make the major league or played 20 games in the major leagues and never made anything of themselves just in the first round outside of Mike Trout, Steven Strasburg, uh, Randall Gritchick that went in the first round that year. Um, there was, it's, it's, it's hard, man. It is hard to draft. Uh, uh, it's, it's lottery tickets. It's 40, you're playing the lotto for 40 rounds. You just don't know how you can develop as, as well as you want. It takes a lot of developing still. It takes a lot of good scouting. It takes the right personality. It takes all of this stuff. If you're going to tank, uh, which is totally possible in, in baseball, as you guys mentioned, I mean, the, the Astros lost 100 games like three or four seasons in a row. Uh, you better be sure that you have the right people in place 
to find those players. So when you get an Alex Bregman, when you get a Correa, when you get a Springer, these are all guys that you know you're going to hit on, and it's worked out for them. It worked out very well. Now, you could also tank like like the San Diego Padres, and you have nothing to show for it for a really long time. You spend money every now and then to try and bring guys to trade for other teams' prospects, which is actually what they did, how they got this rebuilt for the most part. Or you can tank like the White Sox did, and, and now they, again, they had the pieces they could trade off to bring in a lot of their top guys. But when you tank in baseball, you better make sure that you get it right, man. You better make sure you get those picks right because that five-year window of tanking could turn into a 10-year window, could turn into a 15-year window where you're just not winning. So I don't think it's going to encourage teams necessarily. Uh, I, I think that that's something that's always going to be in front office's mind. But when that happens, if you decide to go that route, if you just want to tear it down from the ground up, you got to make sure you have the right pieces in place. You have the right guys, the right brains in that front office to make it work. Otherwise, you'll just be stuck in, in just constant rebuild hell. And that's not any, any place that any team wants to be. Well, Joe, the reason why I brought the Astros up was because they just I just look at them and they scare me. And, and I and I do say <laughs> I do say every time I look and they're probably the best team in baseball right now. Regardless of the fact that they only have, uh, you know, one more win than the Yankees, same amount of losses. But, uh, you know, regardless, I think they're the more complete team. Um, but I'm a I'm a firm believer in the champion is the champion until they are taken off their their throne. And the Boston Red Sox right now are the reigning champions. However, we kind of just like last year, the entire season, you knew who the Red Sox were. They were a team you never wanted to face. They were a team that wasn't going to lose. They were a team that could be down 10 runs in the ninth with two outs and somehow find a way to win. And they won the World Series doing it the entire year. But we just don't know who they are this year. Are they going to be decent? Are they going to make a playoff run? Where do you see the Red Sox slotting in? Can they make another run at a championship or is it a championship hangover this year? You know, I, I said it from day one. I just don't see, you know, the Red Sox won 108 games at last year. That's not normal, right? And I said that on this podcast before. That just doesn't happen. Uh, teams don't win 108 games, and then they go through the world through the playoffs and win a World Series in the way that they did. That just, it, it doesn't happen in baseball. So I never thought that the Red Sox were going to be as good as they were last year. Just too many things broke right for them last year. And I think that they're a Chris Sale injury away from going on another stretch where they're just 500. And you've seen this year that, you know, Mookie kind of slumped in the beginning of the year. He started hitting, they got better. Michael Chavis came up. He was one of their top prospects and he's been hitting for the most part. So I don't think the Red Sox are still as good. I know you look at their last two weeks, their bullpen has been surprisingly good. I know they're pitching to an ERA around three and a half. Uh, the starting rotation got better the minute that Chris Sale got better. He's their guy. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that they're actually as good as they were last year. They're still going to be good. They're still going to be a tough team to beat. But I just don't see everything breaking right for them. And, and, and I think I've mentioned this on your podcast before. When you have Brandon Phillips, who hasn't played the major league game in all of 2018, he comes up in September and he hits a game-winning home run for you. That means the baseball gods are smiling on you, man. I mean, <laughs> everything is breaking right for you. So, yeah, I, I just don't see where they get that magic from in 2019 that they got last year. That's just it's hard for me to project. I think what they are now, they're they're going to be a very good team, a 90 to 95 win team, probably around there. They're going to be in the AL East race all year long, but I don't think that they're going to be challenging for another World Series. I just don't see how the bullpen holds together. Joe, real quick, and I just want a quick answer out of you here because we don't want to take too too much of your time, but 
Who's a better team right now as you see it, Rays or Red Sox? Right now? Right now. If yeah, you had to say right now, who's the oh, better God. team, Rays or Red Sox? Health or no health? As they currently stand right now oh with how God. they've been playing. Right. Let's take analytics, right? We'll throw that in a little um, bit, but let's take our gut and our eyes and what we've seen. Who's the better team, Rays or Red Sox? Right right now, it's the Red Sox, just because they got hot, and I think that uh, they got hot, and I, I think that the, while the Rays are good, I just never expected the Rays to be as good as they have been this early. So you so think they'll I think come that back the Red down Sox to earth? Still the better team. Okay. Yeah, I think that's they will why I a little asked. Bit. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see how they're going to be this good. And listen, there's no mistake. I love the Rays offseason this year. I thought bringing in Charlie Morton was huge for them, and he's been very good. And Tyler Glasnow has been a revelation. Um, and they didn't have to make a lot of moves because they still had Tommy Pham and they have a full year of Pham and Austin Meadows. So, um, yeah, I just don't, I, but right now, as we stand, I mean, with the way the Red Sox are playing with the way they've been pitching, I just think they're the better team. Well, right now the best team in the American league East are the, is the New York Yankees. And as we've, uh, said a a bunch of times on this show, it's almost, uh, mind boggling, even though they've been playing, uh, triple a teams like the Baltimore Orioles, which is a whole nother story for a whole nother day, how atrociously bad they are. But, um, with all the injuries, the Yankees have suffered that somehow, some way this team is in first place. Uh, one of those guys that is, uh, injured right now who we thought we were getting back and he's injured again. He seems to have caught bronchitis from Jacoby Ellsbury is, uh, John, is John Carlos Stanton who the bicep, then it was a shoulder and now it's a calf. Um, you're just going through all the different muscles that you could possibly pull before making an impact <laughs> on a team. Uh, Fan, you know, you listen to sports talk radio, you're on social media. Fans love the way that this Yankee team is playing. They're not, they're hitting a bunch of home runs, but they're not solely relying on the home run. Like maybe they were last season. You get some ridiculous knuckleheads out there that would actually like to see Cameron Mabin stay on this team over John Carlos Stanton. Now, whatever issues they have aside, um, you know, because I, I can't imagine somebody would any, Dearth of baseball knowledge actually thinks Cameron Mabin is a better baseball player than John Carl Stanton is, but <laughs> those guys we, are out there. Yeah, they are. Oh, oh, those guys oh are out Joe, there. Joe, they're out there, and there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. sp- okay, I've spoken. Oh, there's man. a lot of them, Joe. I've spoken to them. Uh, <laughs> let me let me ask you this, John Carl Stanton. We know who he is. He's a guy that strikes out a ton, but he's also a guy with prodigious power. If you could push a button. And keep John Carl Stan on the IL for the entire year, or bring him back to New York Yankees. What would you do, and why would you do it? Are we really? Are we really going to have this discussion? Yeah, you know what Joe is really sad, really, but we have. We have, really, we have to. You know, I mean, are the Yankees a I better mean, team look, with John Carl Stan sitting around playing catch in Tampa or taking four at bats every day? I want you to, because you're the guy, Joe. I want you to say it. I mean, listen, I, I would rather have John Carlos Stanton uh, cooking dinner for the Yankees in the clubhouse uh, over having Cameron Mabin on the team. Uh, <laughs> if, that, if that means, that, listen, if that means, and it's no disrespect to Cameron Mabin, who's a nice player. No, but there's and a he's been doing he really like well for the Yankees. Teams. Yeah. But listen, if you're telling me that the thing is, everybody wants to look at the strikeouts and they want to look at all that stuff. But the truth is, 
teams plan for a guy like John Carlos Stanton. Teams, I know that a lot of pitchers are confident, but there are pitchers that lose sleep at night having to fear John Carlos Stanton in the lineup. There, there are guys that want to pitch around John Carlos Stanton in a lineup. Uh, when you have Cameron Maben in there, nobody's pitching around Cameron Maben. I'm sorry, it's just it's a statement of fact. No, it's di- the truth. Again, no disrespect. No disrespect to Cameron Maben, who's a good dude. I've spoken with him. You know, I've been in the Yankee clubhouse, so I know. But, but listen, if you're telling me John Carlos Stan or Cameron Maven, like it, it's ridiculous that we're even having this conversation. I mean, the guy's an MVP winner. He's got 45 to 50 plus home run power. Uh, he played. He's um, he's an above average defender. He's a decent baser. Like he brings all this to the team. Cameron Maven is a solid role player on a team that's scrapping for a wild card spot. But when you're talking about if I would rather have right now at this moment, Stanton and all of his strikeouts, all of his faults as a player or Cameron Maven. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> Joe, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to admit something that I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed about. Okay. I tried calling Mike Francesa today about 4 million times in a row and I Christian, couldn't get yeah. there. <laughs> all right. Because they were talking about this and they were talking about, I can't tell you how many callers called in and were like, Cameron Maben oh, needs to God. play. Stanton needs to stay oh, injured, oh, whatever. Oh, oh. And I just <laughs> wanted to get through and say, Mike, listen, because he was saying what you were saying. I can't believe we're even having this conversation. I just want to say, Mike, here's the issue with so many Yankee fans. And, and I'm okay with it because at least it shows me a little passion from the fans, but Yankee fans, I use the word isolation a lot when it comes to emotions and everything. They don't know how to isolate certain situations where they can't look at this team and what they've done and say, you know what? It's been so great having guys like Cameron Maben come over and step up and Gio Urshela play outside of the guy he could ever potentially be and be some superstar. It's so great that Cameron Maben has come here and brought energy to this team and been good. Instead, it becomes this whole big thing now where Cameron Maben is the greatest player in the entire world. Giancarlo Stanton, the former MVP with 60, almost 60 home runs, is a pile of dog crap. And it's got to be this whole thing now. You know, Cameron Maben doesn't strike out. He gets on base and Stanton sucks. It can never just be a nice, like, isolated, wow, Cameron Maben's been really good as a fill-in player here. But I can't wait for Giancarlo Stanton to come back. It can never just be that. Yeah, you know, and I think that it's, again, when you look at Cameron Maben's stats throughout his career, I mean, there's a reason he's bounced around a lot and he hasn't stuck anywhere, but... You know, again, it's ridiculous to even have this conversation. I mean, again, John Carlo, for all his faults, he's still a, he's still probably a top 20 player in baseball, right? I don't think anybody debates that. Even if he's at the back end of that 20, um, he's still really, really good. So uh, I, I think that fans, I think the nerve with a lot of fans right now, and, and it's nerves. It's You say to yourself, well, John Carlo comes back and maybe you'll mess with the chemistry or the juju. Maybe there's a little superstition there. And then there's some there's some uh, knuckleheads there that that believe that Cameron Maben actually should be playing over John Carlos Stan, which is ridiculous. But uh, you know, if you were to have a conversation, Cameron Maben or, or Clint Frazier, you know, maybe that would be a little more a little bit more realistic. But uh, you know, Cameron Maben or, or Stan, that's just that uh, I don't I don't even know why we or we spend time on it. It's just it's, it's just silly. It's just silly. All right, so let's it's move on silly. to something else, Joe. You think all you know, the questions we're asking here are silly? Let's see if you think. This, <laughs> let's see if you think this. Here we one. go, Christian's, Christian. Christian's very sensitive when it comes to you. Uh, so let's see if you think. Let's see if you think this one is silly here. Um, <laughs> 
The Yankees are dealing with injuries, as we said. And are they're they? dealing with injuries in their starting rotation. God only knows if we're going to see Luis Severino this year. James Paxson's on the IL. You hear he may come back this weekend, but who the hell knows because that's just the type of year it's been for the Yankees. CeCe's on the IL, but this is one of his scheduled vacations. We all knew this right, was coming. Right. We knew uh, it was coming. When, uh, when they signed him. He's, he's, he's got to use the vacation time before he's uh, yeah, before right. he's I'm going to use it all year. up front. Done with the team. Tanaka's <laughs> become a magnet for comebackers. He's got hit his last two. He's got hit by uh, uh, batted balls his last two starts. Really? He got hit Both again. starts? He got hit again today. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, Domingo Herman is as great as he be, he's been, and what a revelation he's been. This team is probably staying afloat because of him. He's going to have an innings limit, uh, and I believe they're bullpenning tomorrow. So it does seem like uh, the Yankees need to make a move for a starting pitcher. Now, do you think they need to make a big move first? And the, here's the other guy, Jay Happ, who apparently is decent versus the rest of the Major League Baseball, but he can't get anybody on the Orioles out, which is mind-blowing. Crazy. Um, do the Yankees need to make a big move? And when we say big move, uh, is that Max Scherzer? Because now this is the big thing. Now with uh, the the Nationals being bad, they might try to break it down. Do you? So let's break it down like this. Would you prefer to go after Max Scherzer and everything that entails, including that contract, or are you trying to go after more of a rental type like Madison Bumgarner? What do you think uh, would better suit the Yankees? You know, it's it's such a tough question to answer because if you're asking me to, to go out and get Max Scherzer, you know, how how does he adjust? We know he's got the stuff to play in the AL East because he's a strikeout machine, right? Everybody knows that. And then you're you're looking forward too. I mean, who are the free agent pitchers that are going to be coming out? A lot of guys, a lot of these teams hold on to these guys now for, for cost reasons, right? So uh, and not a lot of these guys are going to hit the open market. And then you see the extensions that they're getting. I mean, is, is Zach Wheeler going to get? Patrick Corbin money. I mean, he's not a lefty, but he probably will, which is crazy to think about. But I do think the Yankees, and again, going back to this offseason, I don't think they did enough to fix this rotation up, right? And and I said it with the Jay Happ signing. I was never a big believer in the Happ signing uh, when it happened because they brought him in to be the Red Sox killer, and then he got stomped twice by the Red Sox last year as a Yankee. So uh, I never really saw the logic in bringing him back. Um, but you look at who the um, potential available guys out there are going to be. You know, Madison Bumgarner, uh, at worst, he's going to be a number three starter for you, but he's proven in the playoffs, and you think maybe sending him to a, to a contending team will reinvigorate him. He seems like the kind of guy that, that needs that competition in his blood and pump it through his veins. So uh, it really depends philosophically what you believe in. If you want to bring in that guy that's going to be there for the next five years, who's going to be a rock in the rotation, which the Yankees kind of need, or if you think that a hired gun like Bumgarner this year, being that extra lefty in the rotation that's going to throw some people off, being the innings eater, uh, and, and being that proven postseason guy, he's the guy. I mean, if it were up to me, it'd probably be Bumgarner. I know the Yankees are on their no trade on his no trade list, so it might take some convincing there, and, and you probably wouldn't have to give up a whole lot to get him um, in terms of prospects. So. Would you trade uh, Clint Frazier for Bass and Bumgarner? <sighs> who's the playing left field would. for the Yankees next year? I'm sorry. I mean, that, that's the, the the question is who's playing left field for the Yankees next year? Then uh, do you do you believe if you trade Frazier now, do you believe that 
you know, under some miracle, Jacoby Ellsbury is going to come back and be that guy. Jacoby Ellsbury will never put on the Yankee uniform unless he's going trick or treating with his children. Okay. And I got to You know, that's, that's why there's so much, that's why there's so much to unpack in this, right? I mean, and this is an entirely separate debate guys with, with Clint Frazier, but who's playing left field for the Yankees. Do you think Stan and his injury history, this is how you end up with, with the six outfielders line from Brian Cashman. And in reality, you only have two and a half, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I don't, I don't know if I would trade Frazier for Bumgarner, especially with the way Frazier's hit this year for them. I like, I'm a Cliff Frazier why. fan. I wouldn't personally do so that. So am I. I think you can get that, yeah. that trade done with some lower level prospects and even a guy like Tyro Estrada. I don't think so. Yeah. I think, I think an Estrada and Estrada and Floreal package would probably get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Cashman's I know that not going to touch still, him. I, I don't think Cashman's you know, going to let him I, go. You know, I think the reason that he's been here is is the fact that he's in he's in low A ball. I don't know if he's made it to, to double A yet, but he, he was in low A ball for a long time, and he's a player that a lot of teams covet. He's been I hurt the last with, two seasons too. He's uh, yeah, he has you know, dealt with the, the injury. Thing. So, so I think that if you're asking me, you know, Clint Frazier, I, I took, listen. Full disclosure, I, I like Clint as a guy. I think he's a great guy. I talk to him in the Yankee clubhouse, probably more than I talk to anybody else. I, I mean, we talk about sneakers. We talk about light. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a great player. Um, as you're seeing that this year, when he, when he has the time to play, when he gets playing time and he gets in a rhythm, he's a, he's a great player. He's got power. Joe, why don't you talk to him he, about coming on the MIYST yeah. podcast? Wow. I think that's a good <laughs> well, conversation. Right there. Add, you, know? you know, I, I can, you know, next time I see him, uh, probably either next week or the week after, I'll certainly bring it up and see what he says. I know that he's, He's a pretty open guy. He would be, you know, I, I he had some hurdles to jump there, but uh, we'll see. We'll, well see. Here, friendly with him. So. Here's a little tidbit that not many people know about Madison Bumgarner's no trade clause. Do we know why he has a no trade clause on so many teams? Because he literally uh, has it he, in his bonus, in his contract, that he gets a bonus if he waives a no trade clause. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. And, and the thing, and when you look at the eight teams that are on his list, I know that it's the Astros. Uh, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Yankees, it's all, all eight teams are teams that are going to be in the playoff hunt in some way this year. And he's going to want to so, control if he's getting some type of an extension, maybe along absolutely. with it. So I, I think the whole no trade clause when it comes to Bumgarner, especially going to a team like the Yankees, is not going to be the issue. I think it's all there to for strategic purposes and nothing nothing like you know he has any resentments towards any of these he's not teams. getting traded to the toronto no, blue no. jays so no we can all no, no no say that <laughs> no and then they they respect him enough and i think zaidi and the rest of the giants front office respect him enough that they're going to respect his wishes and wherever he wants to go so uh he's, he's been so much to that organization so much you know being being part of those world series winning teams uh they're going to let him pick wherever he wants to go so i don't think it's really a, a matter of of the, of the trade there. You know, and the funny thing is, if you did want to extend Bumgarner, he's only 29. He might be 30 now, but, you know, I know that, that the 29, 30-year-old guys aren't getting contracts. You look at the Peichels and the Gio Gonzalez's of the world, but a top-flight pitcher like, like Madison Bumgarner, I don't think any, he'll have any problem either getting an extension from wherever he goes or finding work next year. It won't be an issue for him. All right, Joe. Uh, I know <clears throat> maybe this is not your thing, but, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed, you know, say a little prayer. Didi Gregorius could be back in maybe three or four weeks. He's crazy. He started uh, extended spring training games this week. Uh, we know he was a little under the weather and he missed a game, but not really a big deal. 
doing all the little superstitious stuff because this is still the Yankees. God only knows he could couple setbacks. Couple, you know, he could have a, you know, he could have a hangnail and might knock him out for six weeks. It's just that type of season that it's been. <laughs> Not saying that Didi's a soft guy that where a hangnail will no. keep him out for six weeks. It's just that's the way these injuries have mounted for the Yankees. But we can start maybe looking ahead that Didi could be coming back in relatively short order here. Um, what is this Yankee infield going to look like? Uh, you know, this is a big assumption, but that everybody stays healthy. You know, you got Void at first right now. Glaber's playing short. DJ at second. Urshela at third. Who's going to feel the crunch of Didi Gregorius coming back? Ooh, that's, a, that's another good question, man. And, and I know that they don't want to mess. My, with my question right just—I, I, every question I asked you is a good question, <laughs> but but you know that They're one decent questions. You know that one silly question that I slipped in there. <laughs> you better write you know, him an apology. Yeah, he's never gonna. Let he's that never gonna go. let it go. Christian <laughs> never lets anything go. I can promise you that. <laughs> silly. I hope yeah, Rogers you know, worse than that 2004 movie did. <laughs> you know he. He's got a tendency of, of uh, he's got a pretty good, uh, you know, nine nine out of every ten are pretty good. Nine out of ten dentists recommend, you know, his questions. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm okay with that so, ratio. You know, I, I'm absolutely okay with that. But, uh, you know, I think you're looking left to right. It's probably going to be LeMahieu, Didi, Torres, Voight, and it's going to suck for Urshela. But, you know, I I just think that they value Didi's bat a little bit too much to, to not have him in there, obviously, which is why they're, they're taking a little bit of time with him coming back, and I'm sure that they'll they'll push him back a little bit more as long as Rochelle keeps hitting. But I think LeMahieu just makes too much sense at third. He's too much of a contact guy. Uh, they brought him on for that very reason. He's way too athletic. He's too good of a defender. He's a wizard uh, on, in the infield. And he's so, yeah, I mean, really Geo's that good too. Though. You don't really watch, I mean, who, honestly, who watches third, a lot of Colorado too. Rockies baseball? But that guy, his <laughs> reputation has followed him to New York that he's a stellar defensive player. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you this, guys. The interesting thing is that the advanced analytics, and I know that this makes a lot of people groan, but analytics. the advanced analytics <laughs> the advanced analytics don't agree with Gio Urshela's defense as much as a lot of a lot of people see with the eye test. So um, I understand that he's flashy. He's very good with the glove. He's got a decent arm at third. But uh, DJ LeMay, who's a gold glove winner, he, you know, he's a defensive run stage wizard, like you mentioned. Um so, so I, I do think that Urshela is going to be the guy that feels the crunch, feels the crunch there. I just don't see how you bench anybody else. You're not going to, you're probably not going to bench, uh, you're not going to bench Torres obviously with how good he's been. Void maybe if he goes into a slump, you can you can put it, uh, you can put Lemayhew there and then leave Urshela at third. But I, I just don't see that happening with the way Void come back alive in recent days. So yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, those are the kinds of problems you want to have if you're Brian Cashman, but. I do think LeMahieu, Gregorius, Torres, Voigt, left to right is probably going to be the way it works. This has been the biggest like topic, I'd say, on sports radio today. And, and the popular the popular answer is your answer that Gio Urshela feels, feels it a little bit. We've said here that it might be LeMahieu just because that was his initial role with this team was, you know, four days a week or so. But the more I thought about it, I thought of this. I think everyone's right when they say Gio will take a little bit of a hit, mainly because DJ is batting like 4,000 with runners in scoring position. I think it's and that, more like 480. And but. that's like something that the Yankees have been so desperate for, a guy who just comes up and runners in scoring position and and can come through, and I think that's important. But the more I thought about it, there's no reason 
why with how baseball is nowadays with all the days of rest and this and that that anyone is really gonna feel that much of an impact when you have a guy like DJ LeMahieu who can play all these positions, you're not going to have a guy really feel it because if DJ's going to play third and Gio's going to get a day off, that's fine. But then the next day, they're probably going to give Torres a day off and they're not going to want to overplay Didi. So you're going to have a lot of people mixing and matching and you're not going to see that much of a difference. I really don't think you will, even when Didi comes back. Yeah, I think that's I think that's totally fair. That's totally fair too. I think a lot of this depends on what Urshela is. Right? Is he going to stay where he is, Gregorius or is he going to go back, back down to earth? If he if he turns back into the pumpkin that Gio Urshela has been his entire career before coming up with the Yankees and and doing things that nobody expected him to do, then I think that that question is a lot easier. And I think that's why they're lucky to have some time to kind of think about that before before Gregorius gets back, but. Yeah, I mean, with LeMahieu, you just I, I think that if you can find him a spot and you stick him in a spot and you can leave him there, as long as he's that proven contact guy and that really great defender, I mean, that's 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 so much value. That it really is. Even if he was brought in here to kind of be that super utility guy, I just think that that having that bat in one spot on the infield, you know, guys moving around that that does mess with some guys. It messes. Uh, it does mess with guys. So I think if you can stick LeMahieu in one spot and just leave him there. I think that's the best the best course of action if, if I'm Brian Cashman. All right, Joe, a couple more. Uh, this last one for me. Not the best. Not the best player for the Yankees, but who's been the biggest surprise for the Yankees uh, thus far? You know, I'm going to say Gary Sanchez because a lot of these idiots were saying they should trade him last year. So, not, you know, I, not I think, no, this idiot, you know, okay? You know. <laughs> no, we we've never, no, listen, never. I've never no, hopped no. off the Gary Sanchez train, and no, I, every no, time no. he has a big game, I like to rub it in their faces. Okay? Oh, every game yeah, he'll absolutely. tweet it. He'll tweet yeah. actually the same thing every game, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I mean, keep cracking those home runs, Gary. What, boom. This is uh, this is what I mean. This is what Sanchez is, right? This is what everybody thought he would be. It's what he was two years ago. It's what he was when he came up. So. You know, everybody's saying trade. I'm like, hey, get a life. Like, really. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest surprise, man. That's, that's another, t- that's another tough question because I think that most guys have performed with, about what you'd expect them to. I think Urshela, obviously, he's been the story all year. When you look at his offensive numbers before in his career, he just hasn't been good. <laughs> I mean, he he, he hasn't even power existed, here and there. Joe. No, offensively, he, he, wasn't really he hasn't existed. He wasn't. No, I mean, and, and with Cleveland, he had a nice little stretch of, I don't, I don't even remember how many games, but I want to say he came up at the same time Lindor came up, and, and they were both making noise, but yeah, Rochelle turned out to be nothing special, and then he goes to Toronto, and he was nothing there, and then he comes to the Yankees, and all of a sudden, he, he figures it out. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. That just doesn't happen with journeyman infielders ever. Like, it, it just doesn't. So, you know, I think Rochelle has probably been the biggest surprise for me. I think LeMahieu was another guy. When you looked at his career stats and his home and away splits, uh, kind of didn't agree with the hitter that he was, or a lot of people expected them to be. I do think that that's been a little bit of a, a, of a surprise, too. But, yeah, I think that those two are probably the biggest. Uh, and Domingo Herman, obviously. I mean, who, who would have thought this is a guy that not a lot of people expected to get much from, um, it's especially this year, but... He's been Luis Severino of the rotation. He really has been. He's been exactly what they needed. So those are probably the three guys that come immediately to mind that I think that 
probably have been the biggest surprise of the season. You can't forget Tommy Canely because he stepped up huge with uh, Chad Green being uh, non-existent for most of the year. I was going to call him a name, but I'm going to try Chad to be. Green. I'm going to try to be nice here. Uh, and with Dallin Batanzas' <laughs> hey, injury. Is that it? Bad green? Is that what you were going to say? Green. You know, Chad Green. Chad, Chad, Chad. Listen, I, and again, and again, I want to full disclosure. I talked to Chad Green a lot too, and and trust Name me, dropping saying, a lot, nobody Joe, knew. And I kind of like n- it. Nobody. I'm just listen. I'm just uh, this is the NYY Sports Talk podcast, right? That's I mean, it. this is this is Hell you, yeah. you, you want Yankees, drop. right? I'm giving That's you it. giving you Yankees. So, you know, I, I talked to again. I talked to Chad Green a lot, and trust me when I say nobody knew he was struggling more. Uh, than Chad Green. I mean, he felt the pressure. He even, I, I wrote a quick piece on him maybe a, a week ago after we went to a Yankee game. He said he was he was happy to be sent down because he felt like he was letting the team down. Uh, he wanted to figure things out away from where he was costing them games. So, yeah, Green's another guy that I know that hasn't been performing as well as he has in recent years. But again, when when people tweet at this guy, when they tweet they want him gone, they want him. You know, they want somebody to, to, to bully him, shove him in a locker, and take his lunch money. I mean, that's it's not right because he wants to win just as bad as everybody Because they else can't does. isolate their feelings, Joe. They can't just say, you know what, he's struggling <laughs> right now. Maybe he needs to go down and come back up, and he'll be the Chad Green that we love. No, it's got to be, oh, he sucks. Let's get rid of him. We should trade him for a starting pitcher ace, but he sucks. That's, that's the mentality, yeah. Joe. Yep, that, that's exactly it. That's, well, that's it. Somebody that the fans, and we'll close the, sh- the interview out on this. Uh, we started with one New York manager. We'll finish with the other, uh, the one that everybody seems to be in love with now. He was a bumbling idiot last year, even though he won 100 games. But because, you know, he's got this ragtag bunch of nobodies here, even though, you know, you got Gary Sanchez and Glaber Torres and Aaron Hicks and DJ LeMayu and still all-star caliber players. But, you know, the the connotation, the feeling around the Yankees has changed where, you know, they're winning despite the injuries where nobody's really uh, calling Aaron Boone out on anything. You know, it seems to he seems to be like in this honeymoon period right now with the fan base. What are your thoughts on his job performance so far through 2019? Well, you guys, you guys asked me a similar question. I remember last year, uh, I want to say it was around the all-star break when, and, and I'm going to turn it around on you again. I mean, you guys mentioned the injuries, right? How many, I mean, name them, Aaron judge, uh, Sanchez was out for a uh, while. Joe, Joe hold on. Let me just out. pull like, up a list of, uh, the active 40 man roster and I'll just name them off. Yeah. Cause, name it, them off. cause every name single one of them, it feels like has spent a, a little time injured at some. So they have the same amount of IL stints as they do losses this year. It's unreal. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at that, the list of, of guys that are hurt. And then you also have to take into account that what was Boone? What was the biggest criticism of Boone last year was that he was unable to handle the bullpen. Right. But when you look at what he's done this year, that's been one of his strong suits and, and he's navigated, not having a great Chad green and, and, you know, still using Holder when Holder hasn't been that great either for them. But, you know, he, I understand he's got a few more weapons to he's, work with. You know, how Joe Torre had, back, uh, but, you know how Joe Torre had Scott Proctor? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and well, Aaron, yep. Aaron Boone has Jonathan Holder. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's just Boone is a guy. Like, he wants to show faith in his guys, and he wants to show trust in his guys. That's just who he is as a manager, and I think that does mean a lot to the players. But, listen, when you have – your team in first place, you go from thinking, listen, we just got to tread water, be 500, uh, be competitive right now while these guys are out. 
but now he has them in first place and, and they beat uh, a tough race team uh, to, to get back into first. And, and I think that's, that's an A job. It really is. And I said the same thing last year. I, I think that fans are way too hard on Boone. I, I really think that when you have that many egos, that many good players in a locker room, in a clubhouse, and you have to find a way to balance them, I know that he does get a hand from from the front office and the analytics department. Listen, that's every manager across Major League Baseball now. It's not just Boone. He's not a puppet. He still makes decisions. He still controls the bullpen. So, yeah, I think Boone's done a fantastic job. He's the manager of the year right now. I mean, when you look at it, oh, you mean a, you mean a, a computer just doesn't pull out a relief pitcher like a vending like a coke out of vending machine <laughs> and put him on the mound? Is that, I thought that's how that worked. <laughs> And, and it's funny, guys, because I, I, Joe Girardi got a lot of flack for his binder for how long, right? But you do get a sense that Boone does manage with his gut a little bit more he during does. the game. He does. I, you know, so, which, which is totally fine. And, and that's, he manages by feel, and I think that he does have a very, very good handle on the game. So it, it's hard for me to say that a, first play, that a, that a manager of a team of a first place team right now with, with as many injuries as they had to key players too. This is not, uh, this is not bench guys getting hurt. This is not your eighth reliever getting hurt. These are, you know, Aaron judge, like I mentioned, Luis Severino, James Paxton, uh, now CC on, on the IL. I mean, they've navigated all these injuries and the one constant's been boom. He's, he's done a fantastic job with these guys. He, he knows he lets them know what their roles are. He communicates very well for them. And I think, for that reason alone, that's an A, man. That's It's tough for me to give him anything less than that right now. Joe, it's tough for me to give you anything less than an A. Another stellar job stellar. here. Stellar. Uh, we we oh. want to thank you for uh, spending um, your Thursday evening with us here talking baseball, going around the league and the National League a little bit, talking some Yankees. Uh, you can follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Rivera SN. Uh, you can torture him there with bad puns. He loves it. I'm definitely encouraging <laughs> that from our followers here. Joe, thank you very much. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll talk soon. You're the man, Joe. Thanks, Guys, pal. you got it. No, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Talk soon. All right, we're back here on Episode 120 of the NYYST Podcast. Again, can't thank Joe Rivera enough for coming on, spending about an hour with us. Hopefully, you guys really enjoyed that interview. I felt there was some really good energy there. Uh, Joe's been on a bunch of times, but you know, every you know, you just reach a certain level of comfort with a guy, and you know, and Joe, I think it listen, really comes out in the interview. There, Joe, Joe is big time now, man. He's on he's, the zone. He's on the zone. He talks to Chad Green and Clint Frazier. I don't know if you caught that or not. What do you mean? The name drops? I don't know if you caught that. He talks to Chad Green. And, and, Clint, or, and Tino Martinez also. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Listen, Joe. Listen, Joe. Uh, I want Clint Frazier on this podcast so bad. And you know what? As Let's just say as a late 100 episode gift, Ooh. you get us Clint Frazier on this show. I would absolutely. I'll tell you what. I'll send you 100 bucks. 100 bucks per player you get on this show. How's that? Pretty good. Little little uh, little stipend steep? there. A little right. stipend there. Yeah, why not? Okay. But Joe also Gotta sell some t-shirts. Not to, not to not to make him the enemy here, but he's Appreciate been it. he's been <laughs> close with the Red Sox. The Sox. He presented uh, Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts. Yeah, he did. Right with the Player uh, of the Year. Award. He was there. He was getting doused in champagne when they were on their magical run last year in the clubhouse. Joe Rivera is close close to a lot of these guys in the clubhouse. So he's a good guy to talk to. You know who we can't talk to in the clubhouse is uh, John Carl Stanton. 
Uh, why not? That? Because uh, as I mentioned in the interview, it seems like he's caught Bronxitis. Bronx. It, it, uh, honestly, as sad as it is, it, it's the first thing that it reminded me of was was Ellsbury. Is his just like every little move he makes now? He's just injured. Is, is it terminal? It. We know that bronchitis, depending on the stage that you have. Now, obviously, Ellsbury is stage four, so he is terminal. But uh, Giancarlo Stanton is. They gotta. They gotta. He did play a rehab game. What's so. it called? They gotta um, contain it. They gotta contain it. Because at first it went from his bicep, then it spread to his shoulder. His shoulder. Now it's in his now it's in calf. His, now it's yeah, in when his you calf, don't catch it quick, scary, the bronchitis it goes, it which spreads. is scary that it's in his calf because that's a whole different limb. Now we're talking yeah. about, yeah. okay? Which calf? It's all on the left side. Everything's left on the left side. side. That's that's promising. It's staying on the left side, so we can. It has not spread it. to the other side. We can of the isolate body the bronchitis. Oh my. Yeah. I mean, are we going to see this guy play baseball this year? Yeah, he'll I, play. And, and you know what? I said to someone uh, I was talking to over the weekend, I said, you're not even going to see Stanton this year. And next thing I know, I look at my phone, you text me that he's starting a rehab on Monday. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm an asshole. Right. And then that happens. Well, definitely so I not guess I'm not playing for that bobblehead day now. Right. Yeah. No, no, he's not. Damn. You're just not. You're not seeing any progress. That's the no. You, there was progress. Yeah, no, there was, but then it just gets shot down. Setbacks. And apparently, I'd rather not see any progress. Here's what I don't understand: How do you get calf tightness from getting hit in the leg during batting practice? Yeah. <laughs> Training staff, fire them. Who's throwing BP. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not irrational like that. But seriously, in the leg. something's got to. Something's got to give, man. You can't have guys getting hit in the calf and then he's done. That's ridiculous. The back of your head is ridiculous. Hopefully. Uh, Didi Gregorius makes it through uh, these extended spring games okay. Actually, he already did kind of have minor. He was a little under the weather. He needed an IV. He had to sit out a day. But uh, back at it. You know, hopefully uh, the Yankees see what they – they see, and uh, everything's okay with him uh, uh-huh. in an extended uh-huh. spring, and then he can uh, move on to a rehab assignment. But as we said in the interview, man, I mean, we could be looking realistically where Didi's back in about three weeks or so. That's still mind-blowing to me. Awesome. I just don't get it. I didn't think that this was possible. Like, they said it. They said it could be, but I didn't think it really was. I, Didi's just, I mean, you got to give Didi credit. And for I told you what you already world. said. Yeah, if anyone was going to do it, it'd be yeah. Didi. He's just that hard of a worker. I've really enjoyed Joe Girardi on with Mike every. I don't week. usually catch him. Oh, he's, he's on. He's, he's got on. a spot every week. Yeah. He's got a spot. Yeah, he's very, very good, very good. Uh, just a you know the way the Yankee fans wanted to throw Didi in the garbage last year for Manny Machado, but you know Didi Didi's showing you you know how that he's. You know, Brian Cashman, you know, he might have given you the late end of it, but we're saying there might be a chance that Didi doesn't come back till August. Yeah. Now we're talking like mid-June, maybe? Yeah, man. Crazy. When you put it, you know what, as much as I love Aaron Judge, and, I, and I'm and i a fan of Stanton, and I want both of them to come back, and putting Didi's left-handed swing, that's, that's mm. in the middle of this Very lineup. Very important. It's just, and to do it before the All-Star break? I mean, it's just something you didn't think was going to happen but you know what? I thought you were going to say this, and and now I'm just going to say it. Didi Gregorius is a different level to me. And I'm not saying that guys like Stanton and Judge don't care as much as Didi does. 
But there's something to be said about a guy who went through what he went through and worked his ass off this hard to come back when he's going to. You don't to. think Aaron Judge is working hard to come back? I just, no, that's not what you I said. You don't think John Carl Stan wants to come back? It, it really takes a special, it takes a special, <laughs> it takes a special person no, to make a statement it, no, like that. No, because can you, really can you not good. picture this? Can you not picture Didi Gregorius doing everything it takes actively to come back and Stanton, I can and Stanton kind of sitting back in the clubhouse no, and no, icing no. and heating his arm and lifting weights and whatever, but not actively no. just wanting to get you back think as it, soon as possible. You don't think it's killing Stanton that he can't play baseball right now? I didn't say that. So what do you? But you? Oh I just feel like you didn't Didi, say those words. <laughs> yes, you didn't say those. Exact I feel like words, Didi goes but you above just and beyond. John Carlos standing under the bus. No, a little bit, bro. I feel like Didi wants to come back because he's working hard. Like, I feel like Stanton. Even care. I feel just like kidding. Stanton does everything he can in his mind, and Didi just kind of takes the next step. Well, he hasn't hit a setback yet. These guys are all hitting setbacks. Well, but why? Setback. Because they're older, maybe. Like, I don't how know. How is Stanton not maybe, back? Maybe, you know, maybe Gregorius you're, is just. You're, his injury uh, isn't as. I know we don't want to curse really bad. anymore, but that was yeah, we're the doing a good job with him. But you're, it's your bicep. It's, you're not back yet? Th- he's back from that. If it was just right. a bicep, he would have been playing a month ago. Right. But what happened? Then he wasn't doing the proper work on his. Sh- I bet you Didi. Even though he's just working out the one elbow and getting his arm ready, he's still working out his whole body to make sure everything is, falls into place. Yes, this is all John Carl stands for. He's not working hard enough to all come I'm back. All I'm saying is a guy oh, who no, just no. had Tommy John is coming back quicker than a guy it who is, had a I little mean, strain it's, in his it's muscle. It's less a knock on players like Stanton and Judge and more of a... a more of just a praise on Didi. So, ju- so now Aaron doing. But Judge, you took it there. You but took Aaron it there. Judge is out you there. You know, he's playing, no, I didn't. He's, he's the one playing, who's like, oh, so then Giancarlo Stanton. If you go back and listen to the audio, what I said was... Aaron Judge is playing Candyland instead of trying to get back right now, right? Is that what's was, happening? It says yeah, something about a guy. It says something about a guy like Didi to come back that you quick. can make a point. And then Deadwood. he said, and you, then and then he said, "Oh, what do you think? Stanton doesn't want to come back. What do you think? You could throw it out the window because you know you can say something without exactly saying it, and that's what that's you said. That's not what I was it's saying. Called though. insinuation. He doesn't know that word, right? Yes, <sighs> I know what insinuation means. Okay, my wife wrote down on the index card. Yes, my kids. She's coming up here on camera and flipping the fuck wickers, oh. flipping the fuck out. Okay. You Sorry. broke the streak. That was a natural curse, though. I mean, I had to say it. It's yeah, at the end of it's an like hour a, and a half. It's like a PG no no movie. Anywhere. You get two F bombs and a PG 13. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, we're good? We I'm good, more. man. I'm, I'm great. Good. I feel so good. Your kids good. don't even have school tomorrow. Yes, they do. What's tomorrow? First of all, Jack is two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, we give, can we give Booney some credit? Did you see that ninth Yo. inning? And uh, Booney's the man. Did you see that though? They give kids four days I off mean. for Memorial Day now. Do, do my kids have off tomorrow? You don't even know. Okay, for, you no, know. No, my daughter was doing homework before. Tie game in the ninth, two outs, five-five game. Nobody on base. He decides to pinch hit Glaber Torres. Torres yes. then walks. After that, Sanchez pinch hit. Yes. Base hit. Then Lemayhu walks, and then Aaron Hicks walks. Well, I would. Do really they win ho- the game today without great manager? No, manager I would really hope would. With Sanchez and Booney's Torres the on, on the bench in a tie game day. Right, no. And he would put right. them in. But maybe you'd want to give them a, a, but a you know day the, off since they are playing But you know the tomorrow. analytics. Analytics. And that's, that's how Still, you do though. it. 
with said two that Glaber Torres needed a day off today, even though he's hitting 19 home runs show, off please. of with two outs or, in the ninth inning. You might just push guys. It. Don't worry, it's only 10 o'clock. I'll, I'll be editing yeah. till four. Till four. Oh, you want to have a good show or, or, or a great show? I want a great show. Oh, okay. Now uh, look ahead. The Yankees are heading to the Kansas City. Uh, what was it Kaufman? Kaufman? It's Kaufman. actually Kaufman. Kaufman. They should trade for Talkman so he could be Talkman, playing Kaufman. Kaufman. Maybe they can have a couple games at Fenway Park. Maybe. And grab a cup of coffee. Uh, the Yankees will be in Kansas City for Memorial Day I weekend. got a number. Uh, 8-15, 2-15, and 2-15. Love those start times. How many like runs? Them apples. Wait, say those again because I'm about to flip. 8-15, 2-15, Wait, say them again with the dates. They're playing tomorrow at 8-15. Okay. Awesome. Love it. Saturday at 2-15. Love it. Sunday at 2-15. Love it. I'm so happy. Oh, those meet your ex. Those meet they your standards. Do. Okay. Oh, they okay. do. Okay. Okay. But what are we going to do Sunday? That really kind of puts a wrench in our schedule. All right. So, and this is uh, what we'll wrap up the show on here. The schedule will be a little bit different for this show. Watch uh, us watching you watch the game. Are you going to watch us watching the game? And we're going to turn the camera around and we're going to watch you. Okay. <laughs> uh, because it is Memorial Day weekend, we'll, uh, we're having a. Choo choo! We're, you know, we're, we have a little barbecue planned on Sunday evening, so we... Are you done? Yeah, done. You want to wrap up the show? I'm trying to get there. I'm oh, delirious now. Senator so. Clay Davis. Uh, so <laughs> instead, of, we won't be able to record a show after the series is over. And with Memorial Day being Monday, you know, it'd probably not be a great day for ratings anyway. What we're going to do is a little something different. Yeah, is we that, hurt on holidays. It hurts. Everybody does. People are doing other things. The barbecue and the eating hot dogs and hamburgers. I'm, we're doing the barbecue Sunday night, so we're not going to record Sunday night. And Selfish. I, Didn't think of the show. Uh, first well, of all, I go. don't. I have no control over those things. Okay, I know None uh, of us do. Uh, I'm going to the Yankee game Monday, so it's not even like we can do an early show you Monday. You have tickets? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, you're at every game. You don't like going, so shut up. I'm done. I'm done. You two, you two shouldn't go anymore together. Never, ever. There's something bad no, juju. I, I honestly, I love going with Christian. It's something I do enjoy. We have a good, we which have a good is why record. I was We're so, so miserable. Yeah, I love going to games with you, but I'm going to be a miserable prick the whole entire time. Here Here's another five minutes now. No, no, I'm done. I know. I got to say this now because I was first miserable because I know that you hate getting to the game late. No, so I that didn't. was the first thing. So in my head, I was like, great. If you Here took the go. wrong, God, if you, you take the right I exit, took the wrong exit. Banging so it was on all this me. table, all episode. I love banging on this table because it's so firm. Well, I don't. You like the firmness. So now I messed up. Strike one, right? Yeah. Then we get there, we get to the game, and there's just so many. There's so many people there. Apparently that it I would, didn't care because dude, I cut the line. Ruined it. You ruined it. All right, it's over. It's over. It's over. You already vented this. You're right. Okay. I'm never going. Enough. I'm never going again. Drop it. But. I was miserable for you. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you weren't. You were okay. miserable for yourself. Yeah, we'll just leave on. it at that. All right. Don't fib yourself. Jerk off. <laughs> There's number two. All right. So here we go. Let's let's tell the fans what we're doing here. You're gonna watch us okay. watch the game. The game. You're gonna okay? watch I'm so happy. Watch the game. I'm so we're happy. We're gonna record the show live while we watch the first few innings Sorry. of uh, Sunday's game against the Royals. I'm very excited. Who right now the pitching matchup is uh, Joe Lopez, who has a six. And you point- know what? Get your questions ready for us. Just fire them out. 
We're going to do this live. How many runs does Ian Kennedy give up this Jorge series? Lopez is going for he the Royals sucks. on Sunday with his 6.04 ERA versus her ace, Domingo Herman. Ace. Is that on a Sunday? Listen, if yeah. you're still Domingo listening to this and not watching this, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where we're going live when we watch the game. And we're going to have a nice little promo for this over the next couple of days. Here's the pitching matchups. Yankees are bullpenning on Friday. Uh, Chad Green starting versus Jacob Junis. Maybe he'll want to kill somebody this time. Yeah, really, man, guys. I mean, we shouldn't shouldn't say that. but Yeah, it's your second time this episode alone. Uh, And then Hap, who, you know, it's not the Orioles, so he might be decent this time against against Danny Duffy. So those are the pitching matchups. Duffy kills us, doesn't he? I like Duffy. Eat that Duffy the Vampire Slayer. Is that it? No, Buffy. All right, so when we start bringing up <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, Slayer, it's time to end the show. Yeah, it just is. It was kind of the show a long time ago. Slayers. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so that's what we're doing. Uh, you're gonna watch us. Chris watch and Ryan part. are gonna. Uh, Chris and Ryan are gonna make a little uh, teaser video and put it up on uh, Twitter and YouTube. It'll be like a compilation. Oh. Ryan, we know Ryan loves the comps. Okay, so three to, episodes in, in a row you bring up. <laughs> to promote the uh, you watching us watch the game. Okay, watch us watch the game. So that'll be it. And be uh, <laughs> Yanks will be in Kansas City, and then they'll be home to take on Manny Machado and the San Diego Padres. Let's do it. All right. So thank you for uh, to Joe Rivera for coming on. Uh, Joe Rivera is on Twitter at Joe Rivera SN. Follow our uh, sponsors, Baseballism at Baseballism. The new code Chase twenty eight for free shipping. I like that better than fifteen percent. I knew off. you would. I like that. I knew you would, mm. pal. Um, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Follows. I'm gonna give Stack I Riot plug because he's still depressed over Game of Thrones. The Super dot, down. The dot Throckies one, right? No. Okay. Shh. No. Well, maybe. Spoiler I might alert. Watch it one day. Just and kidding. Don't watch it. Never. Uh, follow us Ryan at Stack I Riot underscore NYYST. Okay. Tweet him nice things because he's still upset. All right, so thank you for listening. Stack that ride. Go Yankees. Say goodbye. Peace.